Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Rad Dad Brett here with another episode of the Rad Dad Show. This time we welcome health law policy expert, author, TV series host, and most importantly, Rad Dad, Tim Caulfield, to the show. Tim is an expert pseudoscience debunker and has written a bunch of books, including The Cure for Everything, Is Gwyneth Paltrow Wrong About Everything, The Vaccination Picture, and as of me recording this intro right now, Tim's newest book, Relax Damn It, was just released today. Of course, Tim also hosted the Netflix show, A User's Guide to Cheating Death. So we're super stoked to have Tim on the show. Tim's actually from Edmonton and has roots here in the punk rock scene, having played in bands like The Citizens and Absolute Nine. He even opened for the Ramones, so Tim has some legit punk rock cred, in addition to all of his other amazing achievements. In the midst of a pandemic, and what Tim has called an infodemic, which is getting a lot of people down, we're bringing you a really upbeat, fun interview with Tim about being a dad. So sit back, get your healing crystals fired up, and enjoy Tim Caulfield on The Rad Dad Show. So uh, welcome to The Rad Dad Show, Tim. Who are you? Uh, My name is Timothy Caulfield, and I'm a Canada Research Chair in Health Law and Policy at the University of Alberta. But uh, I'm also, I'm an author, and I also a documentary filmmaker, and sort of general pop culture debunker, is that fair to say? So that's kind of my, my, short, my short bio. And you're a dad, though. I'm a dad. Yeah, that's down the list, I guess. I'm also, I got four kids. Four? Oh, wow. Okay. Ages, range? Uh, they're old now. They're old now. So my, uh, my eldest is uh, 24. I got, I got to get this right, eh? Yeah, you did. <laughs> that's a bad sign. 24, 22. Uh, 19 and 16. Awesome. Awesome. Do you consider yourself a rad dad? Uh, I think my music is playing now. Just a second. Sorry. Do I consider myself a rad dad? Yeah. Uh, no. (laughs) So, and uh, I have confirmation of this because I I told my kids uh, that I was doing this. And, you know, that's my, that's my study group, my, my cohort. And they all said, I'm not. So, uh, you know, I can't argue with that. Right. Cause they're the ones who have made this assessment. Right. So like what, so what are they basing that assessment on? Yeah. Uh, I think they're basing it on, you know, I, I don't even think they know what I do, you know? <laughs> so I think, I think they don't have any understanding of my job. Um, uh, I, I think that, don't you think that every, Every kid thinks their dad is not cool. I think that's I think that's a job description of children. You can't think your dad is cool. So well, I, I, it, I think that's where it's coming from. Is is there an age that maybe that changes? Because I have a, <laughs> I have an eight year old and I think he thinks I'm pretty cool. Oh, so. yeah, for sure, for sure. I think that's a very good caveat to this overall general general thesis. I, I think you're right. I think I think that there's a sweet spot, you know, up to about I'm gonna say grade seven. You know, junior high, the cruelest of all the years. Uh, I think that I think that that. I, so I think you're right. I, I think that your amendment is accurate. Uh, I think they thought it was okay until about then. What, what What are some traits do you think make one a rad dad? Uh, so, I actually talk about this in my next book a little bit. Actually, oh, do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. So this is not completely off the wall for me. You know what? I think I think that uh, for, first of all, I think there's no right way to to parent. So I think that that is, you know, uh, one of my, my personal philosophies. I think, you know, it's a cliche. It's a terrible cliche. You know, you just, you love them 
yeah, give them space. You know, you don't try to to dictate too much where what's going to happen in their lives, and you know, and th then those chips fall where they may. You know, I think I think our society has really, uh, you know, created this hyper parenting, and I think that stresses out the parents. You know, I think it creates guilt, and I think it kind of also stresses out the kids. So I, I kind of like to believe you know, a rad dad can kind of just go with the flow. I will say this, if you want to talk about specifics, I think it's easier to be a rad dad now than when I was growing up. Uh, so I'm a huge music fan. So I love the fact that um, I'm involved in this podcast, by the way. Um, also uh, a punk fan. Um, I, I think that because my, my both, all my kids listen to the same music I listen to, right? Uh, all of my kids watch the same movies I watch. Uh, and I don't think it was like that when I was growing up, you know, there was a little bit of a generational thing and I think that's collapsing a little bit. So I think it, that also makes it maybe easier to be a rad dad. And we haven't defined that by the way, what is a rad dad? <laughs> so, yeah, I know. <laughs> so you're, you're kind of letting me, uh, riff here a little, little bit. bit nebulous. And so some people <laughs> take it with, you know, they think rad dad and think like the dad that parties and, and does all of these things, yeah. you know, you know, a bit reckless in that sense. It's not really. So what rad dads is Edmonton is about is about the promotion of positive parenting and and the modeling of of just fathers being involved and so that we try to facilitate that via the the show here that you're on you know that the whole yeah, main one main impetus behind it is really to for us to reach out to dads that we think or that inspire us and by talking to them about their experiences with parenting and fatherhood hopefully, you know, some of that kind of rubs off on our listeners and kind of inspires them to do whatever. So it's not like a prescriptive in the fact that, oh, I got to listen to these guys and how they parent. I got to pay. It's not like that. It's just meant to be just to, to have that discussion about parenthood and, you know, what the experiences someone like you has gone through or someone like, you know, you know, we've had a lot of punk guests like Milo from Descendants, like the lead singer of Descendants, one of the, you know, seminal punk bands of all time. And, you know, what's, What's he like as a dad? That's kind of the idea. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's a great idea. And I 100% agree with your, your, your view on it. I, I think good parenting is, you know, you be a good person, right? And, and you, you do, I think modeling is so, is so key. And, and the funny thing is from, uh, to a music perspective here. So I'm a, I'm a huge, huge music fan. And I used to play in all these different bands. And uh, I've got the whole, the whole thing set up in the basement. You know, I got the wedges, uh, I got the kit, <laughs> I got the bass and the bass amp just sitting there ready to go. The guitar, the great, you know, old Fender amp. And I even got the mic set up, right? Because I've got four kids. I got a band. <laughs> Is there any interest? Is there any interest? No, it's so sad. <laughs> you, know, you can hear me down there by myself. Play. And, and two of my kids are amazing musicians. too. No interest. So modeling will take you so far. <laughs> so far. Um, well, I was going to go that. You mentioned it was easier. Why do you think it was? it's easier now? That, that's a, one of, you know, I've asked this question. You're, I don't even know what number of guests you're on. You know, 30 people that we've interviewed. No one's ever kind of mentioned it that way. That's so I, 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 again, it goes to your definition of, of Rad Dad. I think in some ways it's harder to parent now. I think it's harder to... to um, to be a parent now, because I think there are, well, I, you know, I gotta be careful here because every generation is, is different and they have different pressures. Um, so, you know, maybe I'd walk that back a little bit. 
but but I do think there are a lot of pressures on parents now. You know, uh, often um, you know there's work pressure um, and there's this pressure to be with your kids all the time. Like you know, this 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 idea of the ideal uh, parent and and people are you know posting you know all the cool things they do with their kids and all the things their kids are doing is a you know so there's this social comparison component to par parenting now that I don't think used to exist. Um, and so I think those create expectations that aren't necessarily good for everyone. So in that sense, I think parenting has its unique challenges now. And, and there's actually evidence to back all that up, by the way. Um, the way in which I think it's easier is I think it's easier to experience life with your kids a little bit more now because of those shared interests. Um, you know, when, when I, I, you look a much younger than I, I am, so I'm going to presume that you are, uh, when, I was, when I was, you know, a kid, um, there were kind of separate domains, right? There was the parent world, you know, the parent parties, the parent activities, and then there's the kid activities. And I think that kind of held a little bit right now. I think, as I said, you know, we, we listen to the same music, we go to the same movies, um, we watch the same TV shows, perhaps I'm a bad parent because I let that happen. <laughs> you know, I, uh, all of those, uh, all of those things, I think, allow for those shared experiences. And, and that's, you know, both makes parenting fun. And this is just my own personal experience, right? Yeah. I, whatever works for other people makes parenting fun. And I think it creates those, those moments, right, where parenting really becomes special. Um, what are some rewarding aspects of being a father? Um, you know, having four friends <laughs> so, that I can carry around with me. Uh, I, I do think, um, oh gosh, you know, you're a parent, all the cliches are true, right? All the cliches are true, you know, um, experiencing life through their eyes. Um, you, you know, you put, it, it's funny because I have two colleagues that are, are um, having kids. Uh, in fact, you know, as we speak, as we speak, it might be happening for yes. one of my colleagues. Yeah. So sending out magical vibes. Um, all the cliches are true. Hey, when that, when you have a kid, like everyone's, you know, well, it's, it's like nothing you've ever seen. It's going to be magical. And it's like nothing you've ever seen. It's magical. <laughs> like this transformed. And I love it. And it is a great question because there's actually research talking about, you know, you know, is, are people with kids and are without kids happier? Right. And, and I think that is interesting research because everyone walks a different path. I don't think people have to have kids to have a fulfilled life. But I wonder if you agree with me. I think having kids gives you this, this richness and this depth to your life that, I don't know, maybe it would still be there, but I feel like it wouldn't be there. And because you have these other humans that you're experiencing life with and through their eyes. And I, I find that uh, amazingly rewarding. And also there's the fact that I have these people that have to be friends with me. <laughs> Yeah. So is it like, do you know, in your, your studies and stuff, you know, is there a way to quantify that kind of feeling? It was, that's a great question from a methodological perspective. So that would be one of the critiques of the studies, right? Because uh, the actual studies find out, come out and say that they aren't, you know, people aren't necessarily happier as, as parents are necessarily feel more, uh, more fulfilled. Um, uh, but, you know, how do you quantify that? And, and that's a critique of all of a lot of the happiness research that's out there. There's more and more happiness research out there right now. So, you know, that's, I think that's a fair critique. You know, it's a, it's a nebulous concept. You know, how do you, how do you really quantify it? Uh, but I do think, I, I, I do think, you know, people take different paths and, and it's not for everyone. But for me, you know, that's certainly the experience. Nice. Um, did you have any fears about being a dad? Uh, for sure. Now, 
I, the pause you heard there was that I have a ridiculously competent partner. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. She she's a ridiculously competent, and I knew she would be as a parent. Okay, back up, define competent. Uh, she, you know, she's a, a great cook. She's a great, you know, mom. She's a ridiculously responsible. I'm a child, okay? So, <laughs> I'm a child, and so she, you know, she's just competent about you know life in general. She's organized, you know. Um, she's the adult, and uh, so that gave me some. Uh, a little bit of, of knowledge that I had some wiggle room to screw up because there was an adult that was going to be, uh, you know, sh- uh, the captain of the ship. So, uh, and she, by the way, maintains that role. <laughs> yeah. We always joke in our house, there's the hierarchy of, of love and, and the hierarchy of, of power in the house. And I, I'm at the bottom. I'm at the bottom. <laughs> you know, it goes the cats, the two cats, and then me. So uh, <laughs> you didn't have too many fears? Is, is that where you're... That- no, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, you know, because of that and because of the nature of our relationship with, you know, we have such a strong relationship, you know, I, uh, and, and I must confess, she's a family physician. So that helps, you know, a little bit. And she was delivering babies at that, at that point. <laughs> so that, that helps. So, um, you know, I, I should probably confess that, um, you know, I guess the fears I had were probably the same fears that a lot of parents have that, you know, you'll, um, you know, are you going to screw them up or, you know, uh, but you know, those, that dissipated pretty, pretty quickly. I really am. Uh, um, it's funny. I was, I was, uh, I had an, uh, a text exchange with one of my daughters. Right now. She's at, at McGill and uh, we were, we were both huge movie fans. So that goes to that, um, you know, shared experiences, which I love, right. I love, we're just both huge movie fans. And she loves the same kind of movies that, you know, cheesy horror movies and all that. And there was a list of the greatest movies of all time that came out today. And, um, uh what's the movie oh my gosh it's uh where it's a kid goes to high school this is terrible it's gonna really kid goes to high school she mean girls mean girls is on that on that list and i let my daughter watch that when she was like i don't know six years old (laughs) and it's not a show that you know normally and i got in trouble when i got home for letting that happen and you know but she remembers that. We were just joking today that, that we were on a trip together to Halifax and I let her eat uh, you know, her favorite candy and we sat on the bed and watched Mean Girls together. And she, that's what she remembers from that trip, right? So, I, you know, you gotta let life unfold, I think. Nice, I like that. Like those little snippets, like you think that they're gonna damage the kids or what it's actually- <laughs> You're not gonna damage them. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna damage them. It is funny because I, we have four kids and, you know, we were really strict with the, the first one, you know, what you can watch and what you can eat. And, and then the last one, Michael, who's the only normal one of my four kids, but we love him. We love Michael the most. I let him watch, um, um, you know, Tarantino. I think he was 11. <laughs> you know, he could start watching, you know, Inglorious Bastards. And, you know, he's 11 years old and he's turned out fine. What, uh, so like on the topic of interest, I, I'm curious then, so you're, like you said, a big music fan, played in, uh, you know, in some bands. I, I want to, if I re- recall correctly, when I read the, the Gwyneth Paltrow book, The Clash, I think the, you're a huge Clash fan, maybe Ramones fan. Um, did you take your kids to punk shows? Uh, I did. <laughs> I did. Now, you know, I, I, make, I, I think that um, all of them are, are, um, are music fans for sure. You know, they really are. Uh, but not like I was. It was like my life. I, I know. Are you a music fan? Huge. But like, yeah, I, I, I mean, 
I jammed on Monday. I have a band. We started a band because of this called Dad Religion. So we're, we we do Bad Religion covers and like old old punk covers. Yeah. Like yeah, like that's I love music and that's one of the things in this whole pandemic that I've missed a lot is this live shows because I would go oh, to same. three or four every month and a lot of my friends are musicians too and so they're struggling with that. And yeah, so that's that's kind of curious. Like I, 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 my son's eight and I've taken him to a lot of shows. Again, a lot of my friends play in bands and so he's been around music. He plays music himself. And and uh, what was your experience like taking your, your children to the first kind of my, my eldest one, he, and he, the weird thing with my eldest is, uh, you know, it's gonna sound like I'm bragging about my kid, but hey, it's a show about dads. <laughs> He's like a scary good musician. Like he's a scary, he's one of those guys who's, uh, you know, and I've, I've played in bands forever, right? And I'm, ter I'm a terrible musician, by the way. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm, you know, the 10,000 hour rule, if you do something for 10,000 hour, hours, you're supposed to be, um, I actually got an argument with Gladwell about that. So we can come back to that, but uh, I, I don't think it works, but I'm an argument against it. Cause I played guitar for probably, you know, hundred thousand hours and I'm, terrible like i you know when i was playing a lot i was playing every single night i played in cover bands i played i'm terrible my son is ridiculous i'm sure you have musician friends like this maybe you're one of these people no i'm terrible <laughs> he's just unbelievable it's like it looks like magic to me you know when it, when it, you know when he's playing a uh and he's just not interested in the kind of music I'm interested in. So but I took him to these shows and I think he, he liked it, but he experienced it differently than I did. Like for me, it was almost like a spiritual experience when you see a great show, you know, uh, you get, uh, you know, and, and he, I think he loved it, but he looked at it, he saw it differently. You know, part of it, I think, is the iconography of music has changed. So for me, you know, the clash, part of it, it's the iconography, right? It's almost like it's your, your community that you know the the punk community was your community and i don't think that's the same anymore i wonder if your musician friends agree with that um i think it, that really has changed and so my kids aren't aren't experiencing but what is interesting is you know we'll watch music docs together and they'll they'll say oh i wish it was like that now you know about about music because it's not right it's it has changed what, like, wonder why they say that though. There is still like that underground movement and a lot of underground bands and local bands that play. Like that's where I, I grew up. Um, you know, going to I don't know if you're familiar with SNFU. And, I played the SNFU. Yeah. Yeah, I've done gigs with them. Yeah. The, the Smalls. Like I was totally sure going to the Bronx for my first show, and like you said, that it changed. I my played life. at the Bronx. <laughs> so, right. And so, and like you said, the community is there. It still seems to be there a little bit, not, or is it? Yeah, I, I feel it's, I, I do think it's, there aren't as many, aren't as many live shows. Um, and, 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 and the other thing is that, you know, rock and roll isn't really, a, you know, I don't, it's a hard thing to say as someone who loves it so much, you know, it's not like cool anymore, right? You know, it's, it's not, it's dad music now, right? And I think that that is part of the iconography that shifted. You know, my kids, I think would for sure, if they were here, that, you know, hip hop is just, and we, I took the closest thing that I think to my experience was taking my youngest son to see Lamar Jackson, uh, Kendrick Lamar, I mean, Lamar Jackson, the quarterback, no, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. We went and saw Kendrick Lamar together in, in Europe. And that was like the closest. It was like seeing today's clash. I mean, the, uh, he, Kendrick Lamar from a sort of a social political perspective is like the clash. Right. Then he, and, and that was, I would say the closest. And there was an amazing show, by the way, seeing Kendrick Lamar live. But other than, you know, it's just different. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I've, I've moved out of the, the scene a little bit my, myself and don't, and don't feel it. 
Yeah, I'm a bit older too, so I, I'm not sure. Like maybe it's also the advent like SoundCloud artists and just the way that people consume music is a bit different as well. Uh, oh, 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 for sure. I, I was uh, teasing my, my daughter. So we're talking about music too much. I hope you can edit this. <laughs> but I was joking, you know, it's my, my daughter's musical taste is so incredibly, it's like completely agnostic. Like, so she has her playlist she's listening to and it went from Beyonce to Lionel Richie uh, to Eric Clapton, uh, to ABBA, uh, to Kendrick Lamar. I actually wrote that down. <laughs> there's no, you know, and I think there's a Dolly Parton song. There. It was, you know, she's completely agnostic and she just likes it. Interesting. Uh, could you describe the relationship with your dad? What was that like? Um, not great. Not great. Terrible. I'll, I'll take it from not great to, to terrible. Uh, yeah, I did not have a great, and I actually write about it in my, in my next book a little bit. Um, yeah, he was he was a mad scientist kind of guy. He's a physicist uh, and, and really absent, really absent. And when he was there, he wasn't he wasn't a very warm presence. And, and so you ask about about fear before. I guess that would have been one of my fears. Like, you know, I hope that I've learned from that with, with my father. So it really wasn't my mother, on the other hand, was amazing. Right. So and and also the my brothers we were four brothers and we're just ridiculously close so i i think that's that's part of it but but having said that it also goes back to my it's hard to screw up parenting because despite that i i i still look back at my childhood as being kind of you know you know happy uh and unique but he but you know he had his work every summer he was a really a mad scientist like i think he viewed us as his employees in his laboratory <laughs> as opposed to don't touch the, I'm, I'm not kidding <laughs> don't touch the vandergraaf don't touch the <laughs> i mean i was soldering circuit boards you know this is going to sound like i'm making it up in grade two <laughs> so so uh it's, yeah. it's i asked that question uh, just because uh, i'm curious to you know how that influences people's parenting styles. And you kind of touched on it really, it's a common theme that comes up. Um, you know, we tend to sometimes do, um, you know, if we don't have the best experience maybe with our, with our parents, so we, we tend to do kind of what the exact opposite of what they did. We're quite cognizant of that as we, yeah. as we parent, at least, you know, in my experience, that was the, the case too. And so I'm always curious to, to, to see that. Um, do you have a favorite dad joke? Oh my! Uh, I don't think I do. I think they've been <laughs> they've been mocked out of me. So <laughs> I, I probably, uh, if my son was here, I could drag him in. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I got a lot of bad dad jokes. I say them constantly. Um, so, <laughs> so people always ask me because you know because I, I do a lot of media work, um, and or I give a lot of talks, and I. So they'll are and I write a lot. So they go, oh, so uh, what was that that on? That, uh, what was that talk on? What, what was your show on? I go, oh, it was on a little platform, on, and there was a. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that's classic. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing about that is they don't. They think I'm the idiot. What? No, I want to know. <laughs> how, how do you juggle? You know, so one of the like I mentioned, the themes of our show is to you know talk about you know dads that inspire us and stuff. How do you juggle all that you do? And still be a you know present and be a parent. You know, four kids. That's that's a busy household. You know, you talk okay. about being an author. You're 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 at the U of A. You, you do film. Yeah, a ton of stuff. You know. 
Yeah, it is. It is really hard, and and there's the guilt um, part of it because I, you know, I, I usually travel every week, sometimes a couple times a week. So um, that um, I find that really, really hard being away. Um, and so I, I think that because we have so many shared interests, that's awesome with our kids. I, um, so a couple things I do is uh, we try to travel together every every year. And it's just, you know, we real it's this intense time. Secondly, I, um, you know, I'm, I usually critique social media a lot and we, we really stay in touch, uh, you know, texting. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's fantastic. Um, but uh, we really do try, I think all of us, we really do try to spend time together every single week. And we try to make it kind of, I hate this word, but I'm gonna use it anyway, organic, you know, uh, and, I really think it's worked well. I think, you know, maybe I'm, um, it's wishful thinking, but I think my kids agree with that. I think they enjoy it and because we've always done it and they feel like it's part of their life. So whether it's like watching a show or, you know, doing some activity, they're all in, they're all in going to dinner. It's one of my absolute favorite things to do is for all of us to go out for dinner and, you know, these three hour dinners where we argue and we laugh and we tell jokes. Um, uh, in my book, I joke that, uh, you know, if an alien came down and was going to remove my memory and I could only keep one you know, set of memories, it would be the dinners with my kids. Like they really are special. Yes. And the 2017 uh, uh, Patriots Super Bowl win, obviously. <laughs> oh, I thought <laughs> it would be some, some musical experience, maybe. <laughs> no, I think it would be that. Nice. Um, so let's talk about your, your current book. You kind of brought it up a few times. What's your cur current projects coming up? Uh, talk so I'm, I'm still doing, you know, lots of, lots of research and, and writing. Um, and I have a book coming out on December 1st um, called Relax, Damn It. Um, and it really talks about all the decisions that we make throughout a day. You know, all the facts and fictions of your daily decisions, basically. And it plays out over a day from, from waking up uh, to go into the bathroom, <laughs> to, you know, uh, your breakfast, to milk, to, uh, you know, do you drink wine at night, to exercise, to, you know, sex, <laughs> to sleep uh, at the end of the day. And, and the, the point really is, you know, and I think it's a really hot topic right now is, you know, the degree to which uh, misinformation drives and, and fear mongering drives a lot of our decisions. And in that book, I do, I really do tackle a lot of, of parenting stuff and parenting myths. Um, um, you know, particularly around this idea this, that we have to spend more and more time with our kids and uh, that more is always better. And that's, that's not the case. I can't wait to, can't wait to read it. I, I have to admit, I'm a huge fan of uh, your work. Uh, I'm a science teacher, a high school. Oh, I didn't know you. <laughs> that's awesome. My, my 20th year teaching. And I've seen you talk a number of times. I've seen you, uh, we've, we had you out for, um, uh, we must have been the, the regional chemistry biology teacher day. Uh, you gave a talk once and I uh, saw you at, uh, I actually walked by you at Calgary Teachers Convention last year because I was presenting. Oh, yeah. Well, was it, was that like February or something like that? It was like near the, it was near lockdown time, wasn't it? Or January? Yeah. It, it was, it feels like it was close to a lockdown. Yeah. Time. So, I, yeah, it, and so I, I was going to ask you to be on the show then. I like <laughs> I didn't want to bother you on the street. You were just get, you kind of look busy. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll reach out at, at one point. Um, yeah, just you know, being a, a science educator myself, the importance of of what you do, and I, I 
that's why you're here. Like you're really an inspiration to Oh, thank you. You're too nice, too kind. Thank you. I mean, your, your role is so key now. It's just so central, you know, critical thinking skills. Uh, where do you teach? Uh, I teach out in Shirt Park. I'm currently at Next Step High School at the Outreach School, but prior to that, so I'm at my fourth year there. Prior to that, I was at Salisbury High School. One of the I went to Sal Comp. Oh, did you? Uh, did you? Yeah, I did. I went to Sal Comp. Yeah. Okay. I went to Sal Comp. I say that because that's when I was like my music career was my music career. Was uh-huh. <laughs> so I was, I wasn't very present. I'll put it that way because <laughs> I was going to be a rock star. Who needs school, of right? Course. Course. So what class <laughs> did you play with then? Play in. Uh, so when when I was in, I started in high school a band called The Citizens. Talk about the Clash, right? I mean, yeah. The Citizens, right? And and I you know, I tried to dress like Joe and. I had a Telecaster like Joe, <laughs> and, uh, so um, so that band, uh, and that band, we actually opened for the Ramones, and uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, it, 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 that sounds impressive, but at the time there weren't that many, you know, bands that wrote their own material that played that, you know, that kind of stuff. And then I, and then I was in a new wave band uh, called Absolute Nine, and in between that, I, I did, um, uh, which I regret, uh, is. I, I was I was in a couple top forty bands, and that was you know you'd go and play in bars all around Alberta. Uh, I do, have you ever done that? No, no, oh, I do to... not recommend it. <laughs> and uh, so those you know, and then I was in a band called Flexed Arm Hang. Do you remember the Flexed Arm Hang? No. Um, the you know, the uh, uh, participation, you'd get badges, oh, yeah. and and one of the things you had to do was the Flexed Arm Hang. So I was in a band called the Flexed Arm Hang, and uh, that was more you know I was in a uh at that point i was you know in more into university it was one of those you know side project bands but yeah I, that's just a couple of them ones i was in and all, always like you know barely functional singer in uh <laughs> so, but that's the beauty of punk right yeah exactly <laughs> I, i'm the singer in the band just because i can't play the instruments well yeah, so that's me that's me <laughs> you know, it works for me um yeah so i just wanted to kind of you know uh, say that like i appreciate really appreciate your work and i think it's really important um in, in terms of you know educating you know people and so continue continue the the fight for yeah, okay. science. Go, go science right <laughs> last question then tim uh, any words uh, of wisdom to any dads out there listening or watching this uh yeah uh, look, I, I, you know, I, I always feel like I, I'm not the person to give advice, and that would be my advice, right? Is that, you know, relax. You love, love them. Um, you know, do the best you can, and and everything else is is I think going is going to work out. Awesome. Okay, well, it there, Tim. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. All right, that was Tim Caulfield on the Rad Dad Show. Thanks so much to Tim for joining us. Don't forget to go out and buy his new book, Relax, Damn It. If you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us on Apple Podcasts or social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook at at rad dads show. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well, including this one. Lastly, Rad Dads started as a community organization and you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.